Welcome to the Heart of Dad podcast. Heart of Dad is a podcast for entrepreneurs who are passionate about their families and business and looking to find more clarity, more balance and more alignment in all areas of their life. Come and join the community at heartofdad.com or on Facebook at groups forward slash heartofdad. This week on The Heart of Dad, I'm delighted to welcome Rob Ashton. Rob is the founder of Emphasis, which he started in a 10 foot by 10 foot square cage more than 20 years ago and has since grown to become a world leader in text-based communication training. At the last count, his company was working in 32 countries around the globe. He says words and their effects on us fascinate him, claiming that getting them wrong lies at the heart of a huge number of misunderstandings, conflicts and failures in relationships at work and at home. Yet so much of what passes for communication advice seems to be based on little more than pseudoscience and wishful thinking. Rob lives in Brighton in the UK with his wife and two teenage children. And I hope you're going to love this interview. It's a great one. Well, hello, I'm uh, Rob Ashton. I'm the founder and CEO of Emphasis, which is a training consultancy focusing exclusively on text-based communication. And we're based in Brighton in the south of England. Hi, Rob. You're really welcome to the Heart of Dad podcast. It's great to have you on the show this week. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit more about Emphasis, because it's a business that's been around for quite some time now. Yeah, it's been around for a well, what feels like a very long time and yet no time at all. It's, uh, it's been around for uh, over 20 years. Um, I set it up in, uh, in 1998, which actually my poor maths uh, corrects me to should be 21 years. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, we're, I, I set it up in a very small office, so that it was just 10 foot by 10 foot square, and um, we've since grown to become, I guess, a world leader in our field. Uh, it's a, admittedly a, a, a very specialised field, um, but it's our it's our privilege uh, to work with a huge range of of organisations and people within those organisations. Uh, we run training courses and, and we help them directly through consulting to to be a lot more effective whenever they put fingers to keyboards. So they could be writing emails to customers. They could be writing bids and proposals for contracts worth hundreds of millions. Um, Or they could just be messaging their colleagues uh, within the organization. Uh, Basically, if it involves written communication, then that's very much our beat. Fantastic! Such an important area as well, and I know in our uh, our own personal chats, we've explored a little bit together about how um, this one thing could have such a big impact in the world if it was better handled, better understood, better skilled. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's so easily overlooked, and I very deliberately uh, use the phrases text based communication and written communication rather than writing skills, even though. Uh, our website URL is writing-skills.com. It, it's um, and it's the, the reason for that is because if you say writing to most people, um, they will, in our contact, our context, they'll misunderstand. Um, usually, misunderstand what we do uh, through no fault of their own. Uh, writing is one of those things that's a hidden activity. So they, they might think that we're teaching people to write uh, fiction, for instance, or to improve their handwriting even, um, a, and overlook the fact that written communication has become the, the default mode um, of communicating with each other. We, we've somehow stumbled into this situation where we'll almost rather write to people than talk to them. You know, if if my... If my phone rings, you know, if my mobile phone actually rings, uh, I assume something must be wrong or this is some really urgent issue. Mm. Uh, I'm just not expecting it to happen. It rings so infrequently. It's called a phone and yet I use it for writing. And that's, that's true of most people, I think. Um, so we're doing it all the time. We spend a huge part of our working lives doing it, a huge part of our days, not just at work. Um, we're, uh, we're doing this really from, from the moment we wake up 
to the to the moment we we turn out the light and go to sleep uh, the whole uh, the whole of our days is taken up with writing now the thing is that we assume therefore often that it's something that we don't need to think about whereas nothing could be further from the truth and that's why that's why it goes wrong so many times and that's that's why for instance people end up in whole arguments by text message that that may last days sounds sounds crazy uh, but um but it's true yeah, and, and big decisions in life get made by text now, don't they? Like ending relationships and oh, yeah. buying buying significant things, or giving up on things, or resigning, or even applying for a job. I mean, it's yeah, it, it, it's it's. Uh, do you know? Years ago, before uh, in a previous life, I was working as a. Um, I was it was my first one of my first jobs in publishing, um, and I was working on a, a magazine that had a very small editorial team. They were just. I think then there were three of us in the in the editorial in the main editorial office, and which is often the setup in magazines, incidentally. Um, and one day, um, my boss came in, the editor of the magazine, uh, as he often did, uh, having been upset at some point. He was clearly upset. You know, you could just—he was oozing stress and tension. Uh, and you could tell that something had really got to him. And he walked into this small office, and you can imagine the the negative energy coming off of this guy. And he sat down uh, at no more than, uh, I guess, a couple of meters away from me, and looking really tense. Uh, and and then just he just had this. He had a virtual black cloud above his head. Uh, and I looked at the uh, editorial assistant in the office and she looked back at me and we thought, oh, cool, you know, um, uh, raised our eyebrows. Um, and uh, and this guy just, just stayed in this state for a good 20 minutes, half an hour. And then about an hour later, he apologized and, and explained that um, he'd had a bad start to his day and he's sorry he was a bit grumpy. But he didn't apologize um by speaking to us he apologized by email uh, and I, I was just astounded you know there are only two of us in the office and and we're right there and he emails us and, and i was just thinking why do you think that makes it better <laughs> that was just it sounded nuts to me um and i suppose maybe maybe the the penny dropped back then that this was just something that was going to be I, I don't know. I, I'd I'd like to say that I that, that you know I had I had huge foresight and I knew that that was the way it was going to be, but uh, it certainly stuck with me. And um, and now, yeah, as you say, Matt, that's what people do. They will they would do all sorts of things, not just apologising, but dumping people, resigning, um, uh, and it's a really bad idea uh, because we think that written communication is as i said it's something we take for granted we think it's easy simply because we can do it but if you just think for a second what we're doing when we do that we are looking at squiggles on a screen uh, and we are hearing words in our head that's what you do when you read isn't it you look at squiggles on a screen and you hear words in your head how amazing is that it's it's a it's a miracle of adaptation and i say adaptation deliberately because it's not a miracle of evolution because we didn't evolve to read and write we evolved to speak and listen they've even found evidence of um of uh, vocal apparatus in fossils of fish uh from millions and millions of years ago mm -hmm. um and uh, uh, but actually, we only started to use symbols, which is what reading and writing is. We only started to use symbols to communicate about uh, about four to five thousand years ago, which may sound like a long time, but it's just a heartbeat mm. in evolutionary terms. And it's definitely not enough time to evolve structures to, uh, to that, that are specifically for the task. And so what we do is we co-opt other structures in our brains that we evolve for lots of other things. Uh, and we join them together, uh, and it's it's a hack. Reading and writing is a hack. It's a brain hack, uh, and it works really well. But it takes an awful lot of energy, 
And that's why we get it wrong. That's why we have these arguments, because it uses so much energy, so much brain power, that it leaves very little room for, for thinking about the consequences of what mm. we're doing, um, very little room for self-control. So it draws us in because, you know, we've got no self-control. You know, it, it, it overcomes our willpower. And then we, we type to each other. We hear the words in our head. Of course, it doesn't mean we're hearing the words that people are typing because we can't hear the tone. Um, and then we go down this, this rabbit hole of communication so often uh, and, and so often it really ends badly. Mm. It, it, it's a minefield and it's something that we really shouldn't take for granted. And no. hopefully no. that explains why it goes wrong yeah, so often. Such a, such, a, such a brilliant topic and we could spend the whole episode just talking about that. I know I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. it's great to hear your passion for it and, and insight as well, Rob. But I, I want to, um, you know, this, this podcast is about entrepreneurs who are dads as well. And I suppose one of the things that struck me um, I don't think you mentioned this in your introduction, but you you have two children who are teenagers now, and uh, I think from their ages they were born after you started your business. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So the first one was born um, three years after I uh, started my business, um, and then the, the yeah the second one uh, was uh, three years after that. So um, four years after that. So it, it's um, yeah, it, you know, it's. The, the the business in fact it things really changed I, I just remember that feeling um when i um when i became a dad and and how differently i felt about my role mm. um and i just remember going down an escalator uh, uh, down uh, into a tube station in london um having just come off of paternity leave having become a father for the first time and i just had a slight spring in my step i had a uh, you know, I felt I felt particularly motivated, but I also felt, crikey, it's not just about me anymore, um, and it's not just even about me and and my wife. You know, this is this takes things to a to a whole new level, uh, mm. and I certainly viewed things in a very different way from that point on. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to hear, and I, and I was wondering, you know, particularly we've both sort of talked before about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and you know, the responsibility, particularly you're the you're the owner and uh, CEO or managing director of your own business. So it could be a lonely place to be. And if you've got uh, young children at the same time, the, that burden of responsibility must be quite something, I imagine. Um, I'm just wondering how that played out for you, having to invest yourself in your business, but also trying to find your feet as a dad as well. I think it's always, uh, you, 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 certainly I've found that I've often been in conflict uh, because you're torn between um, wanting to uh, grow the business and, and provide a better standard of living and provide the, uh, for, for your family. Uh, and um, I think we often end up wanting, to, rightly or wrongly, um, wanting to give our kids the things that we never had or the opportunities that we never had. Um, and... I say rightly or wrongly because, you know, I don't want to fall into the trap of thinking that um, good parenting is just providing bigger and bigger and more and more expensive uh, uh, toys. But, um, you know, it's that's definitely been a, a massive driver, just providing for them and making their lives as best as I can. But but of course, you're conflicted because that often means um, working late. Um, I'm fortunate in that I don't tend to work away from home away from from our hometown very often and i have a very short commute um but it does mean being distracted and i have to say you know the thing i'm i'm most guilty of in that respect is just being perpetually distracted you know my i i have uh, my boss is in my head and um you know he can be a bit of an asshole sometimes uh so it's um uh, you know that's that that can be very very difficult but of course you know good ideas don't run to time either so you know you can have a really good idea just as, as you've got out of the shower I often have my best ideas on a Sunday right? by the time I've kind of detoxed from from the working week a little bit uh, and then what do you do I know if I don't get that idea down then it will be definitely be gone by Monday morning um uh, and where does that stop? You know, you make notes and then you carry away with your idea and you're getting really excited, but it's Sunday morning and uh, 
your family is there expecting you to be present with them, not unreasonably. Um, so I, th- I think those two things are, are perpetually in tension. Mm, I think um, every entrepreneur, dad listening, would resonate with what you've just said and that driving creative force that makes it exciting and makes you successful at what you do can also be in, in deep tension with with having a child or children uh, at home. And, um, you know, we've been exploring the, the, the concept of balance or the... <laughs> or the, the myth of balance, should we say, in these uh, podcasts. And I just wonder what your take on that was. I mean, you've kind of been touching on it already, Rob, but um, how did you, you know, make the space if you needed to uh, for, for your children? Or, or was that actually impossible given you know, how much was on your shoulders with your business? I, I think, um, it, amazingly, you know, after, uh, after 21 years, it's still a, a work in progress. You know, it's, um, it, it's still a conflict. Um, and I think that's just the nature of the human brain. You know, you can't compartmentalize, uh, your thinking, you know, you can't say, right now I'm thinking about my kids because, uh, or now I'm thinking about work because work, you know, I'll often think about my kids when I'm thinking about work or about my family. Um, and then when I'm thinking about my family, I'll often have an idea about work. So, um, so I don't think you can compartmentalize thinking. Um, I think in terms of what you do, um, yeah, I, I have to be completely candid. I don't think I've got it right. You know, I, it's, um, it, it's just something that's, that, that's still a very much a challenge. Um, I'm being honest there, you know, mm. sorry. No, I appreciate it. And I think that's, I think it's incredibly empowering when people, um, I show their vulnerability about this and that's really you know that my kind of number one priority with this podcast is to have really real conversations about this kind of stuff because I think you can get so kind of caught up in kind of rah-rah versions of fatherhood or entrepreneurship and 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 then kind of you know a fakeness about it which really doesn't serve anybody because you know everything you've said to me so far I'm thinking yeah that's me too (laughs) right and I think pretty much everybody listening would would be saying that as well but I guess, you know, I'm also curious about kind of some of the finer details, if I may, like um, you know, what, what have you, what have, what's been your view around like holiday taking and do you, do you make a clean separation with your work at that point or does your work come with you on holiday? That's something I have got better at, not necessarily taking holidays. Um, uh, it's, um, my wife tends to organise them and I, you know, to my shame, they probably wouldn't happen if it were left to me um but um for years i used to take my business with me simply because i could i would you know i would take a laptop um and i would stay connected and the first thing that happened once we got to wherever we were staying is i'd log on to the wi-fi and then i'd you know i would relax because i was i i felt that um i'd reconnected the umbilical back to the office um and then um, there was one particular holiday that we had where um, we sent out an email, we sent out a mailer and I actually, I mean, I hadn't even disconnected on the plane. So I actually wrote this, this emailer, this, this um, you know, something that was pointing to a blog post um, uh, uh, and, and the blog post itself. I wrote those things on the plane and I made, uh, as we all do, I, I made a, a silly punctuation mistake. Um, and uh, it was just a typo. And uh, I didn't spot it because it's very hard to spot your own mistakes. Um, but unfortunately, um, my colleagues somehow missed it as well. And this email went out to about 10,000 people on our list. And so when I logged on to Wi-Fi, when we got got to our accommodation um i didn't get this sense of relief i got this overwhelming sense of horror because suddenly my inbox was filling up with um well you know <laughs> with grammar nazis basically <laughs> who just were i mean i think rightly appalled that that an organization that professed to to um teach people better read uh, writing had um had made such a basic error if you're wondering what it was i'd used an apostrophe in the word it's uh when it's possessive 
Um, uh, uh, very common. Just Rob, I mean, you know, I'm disappointed you're not prostrating yourself now. <laughs> absolute shame. <laughs> I, I had the, the horror still, you know. Um, but you know, at the time, it was like, oh my god, you, you know, what have I done? What have I done? Because these people, it, I, I think it, what it represented actually was the tension that had built up around the business and the tension, um, the pressure I'd put on all of us. Uh, here at emphasis to, to get things right and, and it's um we're far more relaxed about it now you know we try our best but we know that mistakes happen um we're not superhuman um but i then e- emailed uh, one of my marketing team saying oh no you know you never believe what's happened and um and i managed that situation and i wrote i, I personally replied to every person who'd written uh, an email complaining about this mistake, uh, about this heinous crime. Um, and uh, I even had some nice emails back, you know, some lovely emails back. So that was great, you know. But my goodness, you know, this lasted days, this debacle. I, you know, I was just... I was, so, oh, I was so distracted and, and tense uh, and, you know, it, angry, really. You know, I was... Um, uh, and... I I decided that I wasn't going to do that again. You know, the penny dropped and I thought, I'm never doing that again. And so now when I go on holiday, I generally, well, I certainly don't take my laptop. Um, and I just put my autoresponder on. And uh, sometimes I check Slack, sometimes I don't. Um, it's better when I don't. I mean, I have a great team. I could step away from this business for, for months and nothing would go wrong. You know, they, they would run it perfectly well without me. They don't, you know, it's, I can, I can unplug for a week. Um, Such a good place to get to, isn't it? Because I, I was remembering, you know, my, my kind of, not, not exactly the same story, but I remember being um, on, on the beach um, in uh, Catalonia, doing a conference call um, with one of our biggest clients and, um, my partner at the time looking at me in, in disbelief, really, that, you know, here we were on our, on our annual holiday and I was rolling my sleeves up and getting into this call. And I think like you, it was a watershed moment. So I realised actually that I had a team around me then that could handle it. I didn't need to be on every single call. And I think for entrepreneur, you know, business owners, it's you have so much skin in the game. And it's not just about the, the financial investment, but actually it's the emotional investment in in the, the brand, the image, the, and also the customer experience, isn't it? Which makes it sometimes unbearable to um, take your hands off the wheel. <laughs> and it's only when you have one of those kind of, oh shit moments, excuse my swearing, but that, that you, you, you take stock, don't you? And think actually, this isn't serving me or my customers or my team or, or my health or my family or, or anything really. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Matt. You, you know, you just, you take it so personally to begin with Uh, and you know every complaint um can really just be like a punch to the solar plexus you know it's uh because you you just you feel it's very easy to just feel like you failed every time you get a complaint like that uh, and um well certainly that's what i i've felt in the past a bit fortunately we don't get many complaints but you know it's in a situation like that, I definitely felt personally that it felt it was a, a personal failing, you know. Um, and it sounds so trivial now, you know. I just look back on it and think, what was I thinking? How could I have got into that state? Um, but um, yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, what you, <laughs> that picture you paint of being, being on the beach, you, you, you know, that's. That's supposed to be the entrepreneur's dream, isn't it? You know, the laptop millionaire. Look at me running my business from everywhere. Aren't I great? You know, it's... Um, yeah, that was definitely the antithesis of that experience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's like, why? You know, yeah. somebody said to me once, you know, uh, sandy beaches and laptops are never a great combination <laughs> anyway. <You know? laughs> so true. I, I wanted to ask you, Rob, um, you know, given that you know, your business has grown, you know a little bit ahead of, of your children but pretty much in step you know so they're they're approaching their um you know, their late teens and um and, and whatever's going to come for their life you know, ahead of that but i'm wondering like to, to what extent have you involved them in your business or, or an understanding of your business and what it is and its ups and downs and twists and turns 
I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but quite a lot. Um, uh, they, I mean, it's very hard for me to, uh, as you, you know, as you will have heard, I'm, 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 I'm a very open person, um, and uh, that's certainly the case at home. Um, I will often talk about work, um, but then, you know, my kids, they, they've, they've given me advice sometimes that I've just taken on wholesale you know i just thought yeah that's great um so it, you know there's often real payback um i'm, I'm writing a, a book at the moment and i'd got really i've been researching it for three years uh, and i got really into a particular piece of research and um i was uh, discussing it with my daughter because i just said look, look you know i'm just really i found out this thing uh, and um i knew she'd get it you know so I, I told her what this thing was and I said, isn't that amazing? You know, I'm going to put that in the book. And she looked at me and she said, don't take this the wrong way, dad. It's always a good start. You know? She said, I can see how you find that really interesting because you've got really, really into it. Uh, but I really don't think that your readers would find it as interesting as you do because they haven't got all that other stuff. They haven't looked into it as deeply as you have. Um, so I don't think it's as interesting as you think it is. <laughs> I know I'm slightly crestfallen. Body blow. Um, <laughs> and then I thought, oh, yeah, she's right. <laughs> so, so it was wonderful because, you know, she saved me an awful lot of work there. Um, but um, And it's great that you have that relationship where, where she can say that and, and it's okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, I'm very fortunate. You know, we, we are very, very honest with each other. Uh, you know, I think about my relationship with my parents and, my, and the relationship I have with my kids. You know, in some ways it's the same, but in many ways it's so different. And and that openness is is one of those ways, you know, the fact that we can talk about absolutely anything. Um, but that, that includes the business. Uh, you know, we do chat about it. I, I mean, I, I can't help chatting about it. Um, it seems, and, um, it seems to me that when you know that it's it's kind of part of the entrepreneur's lot, isn't it? Because um, the family is so dependent on um, the the positive flow of the yeah. business and its and its creation of um, sufficient resources to support the family that that plays out in front of the children, whether you talk about it or not. So I love the fact that yeah. you kind of bring it alive for them because I'm sure they would have a sense of it you know on the, the, there are always down times as well as up times and you, you can't hide those really even if you don't talk about it so i think being able to talk about it is really really refreshing and open yeah i mean honestly you know i i think i do wonder sometimes you know am i i mean i you know don't tell them everything but you know it's i tell them quite a lot and i do wonder sometimes if i'm putting too much on their young shoulders you know um they but they it's it's amazing how often both of them have come back with with absolute pearls of wisdom and you and it makes me so proud uh, and but it's also it's been extremely helpful you, you know that to, for there to be such an age gap and uh, uh, you know it's a lot of the good conversations we have are in the car um i think partly because they're a captive audience mm -hmm. and uh and partly because there's something about both facing the same direction you know you're not looking at each other and we often have yeah. some really honest conversations and um you know I'll, I'll often just voice something that's on my mind about work and the number of times they've come back and and said something that you know sometimes i apply it directly sometimes i think yeah that's great but more often it's just something that makes me think about things differently. Mm. Um, it, you know, it, it might, or it might just be, I think you need to let that go, dad. You, you know, it's, I mean, where do they get this from? It, it's, um, it's been so helpful, you mm. know, and, and usually I think, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and partly I have to say, partly it's because you just feel in those situations, you think I, I can't possibly just hold on to this you know, this stress or this grudge or whatever it is, you know, this thing I'm angry about, I can't possibly hold on to that because I will be a disappointment in the eyes of my children. So it kind of guilts you into yeah. taking a much healthier attitude. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. 
Well, you, you've just spoken two words that I'm really interested in, in these podcasts. And I think if we can sort of follow into that a little bit, and that's the anger and guilt. <laughs> so I thought maybe we could start with guilt because, you know, everybody I speak to. I'm this, yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm, I'm in this position absolutely myself. And it's partly why I started the podcast. You know, is that, that thing of how, you know, you, you talk about it earlier about conflict and, and balance and the myth of balance. And I'm wondering, you know, when, when you get very focused, you know, listening, speaking, listening to you and speaking with you, Rob, um, I always see that you get very energized about your ideas. You know, you're, you're a very creative soul. And um, obviously that's brilliant for being an entrepreneur and business owner. Um, and I guess there are times when you know, that is so absorbing, as you were saying earlier, that it takes you away from perhaps um, you know, time or attention for, for other people. I'm talking about myself here, so I'm guessing it, it might be the case. Please do correct me. If I'm yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm just wondering how, how, whether you, whether you have experienced guilt in that when that happens, and, and what you do with it if it does. Um, yes, I do. Um, sometimes I handle it okay. Often I don't. You know, I think it's very much the entrepreneur's lot that it's, it's almost. Uh, a compulsion it, it, it can be you know you feel like you have no choice but to work not because not because you're horrendously in debt I mean I certainly had to dig myself out of quite a big hole in the early years but more because it's just what you do you know I can't I can't think of retiring um, it is um, you know I'm driven by by our mission if you like um, and uh so i'm driven by a mission and I, I have a big commitment to the people here um in the organization um and i'm you know very much issues focused so i you know i feel like i've i'm very fortunate i've discovered something that i really care about and um and i happen to be building a, a very successful and profitable business around it um so you know, often I am, I do feel guilty because it's not something, it's not even something, it, it takes, a, it takes a lot of effort to put work down. Mm. I think that's the thing, mm. you know, and I'm sure um, many of your listeners will identify with, with that feeling. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Um, and so I don't you, always feel great about it. Um, mm. But uh, so, yeah, I do feel guilty. Well, um, I mean, how, how does it play out with your kids? Um, do, you, do have you? I mean, some people resort to kind of boundary time, like they'll say, "Well, you know, Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon or whatever will always be family time." Um, others just you know, go with the flow more and say, "Well, okay, I, I do commit to showing up as best I can, given the other pressures in my life with, with my kids." How, how have you worked that out yourself? Well, do you know that there are upsides to to running um uh, to being an entrepreneur dad as well as downsides you know you have in, i have enormous flexibility um so you know i've always been able to um you know attend nativity plays and school concerts and um take my son to his swim meets and um uh, I, uh, my, my daughter rides and, you know, I, I spend every Sunday afternoon with her. Um, uh, that's really good because, you know, I can't really do any work while I'm doing that. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, but it, you know, it means also I can leave early if I need to. So, so I do show up, uh, quite literally, mm. um, when I need to, um, you know, the downside is, as I mentioned, is that I might show up, but I'm not always present. Mm. Um, you know, my mind might be elsewhere. Um, so, um, did your kids yeah. call you out on that? Do they call me out? Uh, yeah, sure they do. Uh, I can't, I can't think now, but I know as you know, as soon as I, as soon as we stop speaking, I will, I will think of an instance. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not, sorry. <laughs> my son says, put your phone away. Phone away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely that, you know, they know. Um, but one thing I was going to say was, you know, in the, in the early years that that was definitely a thing, but they're teenagers now. 
So, you know, I'm much more likely to be telling them to put their phone away. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, that's the shifting dynamics for family, isn't it? As, as your kids get older, um, things change. The rules change. Uh, maybe that's another, you know, another reason why we don't have hard and fast uh, rules because you, you need to continually adapt. Um, uh, one other thing, actually, I should mention it is is that it works both ways. You know, you can be at, you can be at work, you can be running your business, um, but actually, you're still connected to home, and uh, and so. You know, and and that's the nature of text-based communication. Of course, you can be anywhere when you when you get a message, um, and that does that's not limited to just messages from from clients. You know, I get messages from from my wife, for instance. You know, about things that are happening at home, and um, you know, I might be in an important meeting. She doesn't know where I am, um, and you look at it, and then suddenly, suddenly, you're kind of if you're not careful, drawn right back into that, that uh, what could be a, a terribly emotionally charged situation. So true. Um, and, um, but you know, I, I don't know, of course it's not just entrepreneurs who suffer that. Although as entrepreneurs, we, or as business, as heads of business, um, nobody at work is going to tell us to put our phone away. Nobody at work is, you know, is going to say, um, it, you know, can you just focus on the matter matter in hand, please? Um, uh, and and so it does mean that you are open to that if you're not careful. Mm. And yeah. I don't know what the answer is. You know, I don't. It's um, because as soon as you uh, as as soon as you say, you know, I'm at work. It, you know, it's kind of, then you feel guilty. Then you really do feel guilty because and conflicted um, because those those boundaries are, are blurred. Uh, and and that effect is um, works in both directions. Yeah, that's such a powerful point you're making because what I hear in that is there's a kind of a there's an internal monitoring system in a sense. You know the, uh, the the boundaries are artificial in that sense. You know when you own your business, you have so much freedom as you say in some ways, and so little freedom in other ways. But that that sort of modulating between family and work is within your gift in a way that it isn't if you're an employee, and and. So notions of boundary and saying, well, I'm at work, you know, if I, I, I work in the upstairs in the, in the loft room here in the house um, and I shut the door and I say, well, I'm at work, but that doesn't always, it isn't always appropriate. It isn't always <laughs> effective um, as, a, as a boundary. And um, I suppose what comes up for me in, in listening to you as well, actually it's a flexibility is you've got to be open to that. that sometimes there will be pulls from, from home just as, you have to be open to the fact that sometimes there'll be pulls from work and you have to manage those two things. Yeah. You know, and that's why I say, I don't think I've got it right yet, you know, because that's, that's in a constant state of flux. Um, and um, just as the business is forever changing, then that means that, that our lives are forever changing. It's no, it, one thing I've never been very good at is sticking uh, to rules <laughs> like like many entrepreneurs you, you know I always question well why why, why do we do it that way um, but that you know that applies to my own rules as well you know I can make rules but and then I might think no that was a stupid rule and I'll make right. another one <laughs> yeah yeah I love that and so just switching on to, to anger so um, you know and if this isn't a comfortable subject just do do say so but one of the things that i've been exploring with with other dads on the podcast is kind of the um is really it's not very it's not very spoken about really in any realm of, of fatherhood but pretty much everybody i've spoken to and again this is my experience um has some wrestling with anger in relation to running a business and then the should we call it obligations of home life and how some of those two things kind of um can enter into a space of clashing because you, know, you need to be doing one thing and there's a pull to be doing something else and and maybe you know that that creates some tension and then sometimes that spills over into anger and I just wondered you know what, what your experience of that has been well of course that you know that's so tied in with guilt isn't it um you know I'd say the the times when I certainly have felt guilty is when I've lost my rag um and uh, I think Anger in that particular um, 
in situations like that is is frustration you know it's it's when you are maxed out i think you know it's mm. the same as i said about when you're texting and you haven't got enough cognitive control to um to respond in the way that you would wish to um i think it's the same with with, with anger where um you know where you get a call from home or a text from home or you'll get a text from work when you're at home um it, it, or it, you know that's uh, i think it, it's for me the the overriding challenge is lack of time mm-hmm. whether that's time at home or time at work they are always in conflict and because they are always in conflict um there is always by definition a, a tension and where there's tension um there's the potential to get angry because you know we we are maxed out if there isn't enough time then you are there isn't enough time for something then you are already at your limits you're already trying to 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 cram things in to get something done um and uh and that means that you've you've got very little left for for responding in the way that you your higher self would you know you you, there's, you haven't got enough control often to just say well let's just take a step back from this and let's think about the situation no you know that that often just goes out of the window because you're already maxed out and it doesn't take very much therefore to just tip you over the edge and then you get angry and then you get guilty mm. um but it's it, I, I, and i think this time thing is is huge because um anything that takes longer than you think it should do um it's very easy to view that as as um as taking away time you know taking away your opportunity to do other things whether that's at work or at home um and i think where you are in that situation then if you're not careful anger is not far behind that's a brilliant articulation of it actually i love how you've described it and i think that that time kind of quotient in it is is absolutely um, the determin- determiner about whether you get angry or not. I love how you how you express that, and it kind of connects in with another question I had for you, which is something I've been exploring and, and with others, and and that's really the kind of the notion of personal freedom you know, within a relationship when you're when you're a dad. And um, you know, I was thinking back to your description of you know you just coming back from maternity leave after your you know, your daughter was born and having a spring in your step, which I, I remember that feeling too, but also the seismic change in my universe, having a child and all my notions of personal freedom had to be completely recalibrated. And I wonder what, what your experience of that was. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, you know, that's, that's the sort of thing that can make itself known over the years. You know, I didn't feel... I'm fortunate. I know not everybody is like this. At the beginning, I didn't feel like all of my personal freedom had been taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, not least because I was so exhausted. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, all I wanted personal freedom to do was sleep. Yeah, right. Um, but even that is one, isn't it? You know, it's not, you don't get to sleep in the way no. that you did before you have a child. No, no. And the second one in, in particular, um, where you've got, you know, you, you think you've got no time and then you have a second child and then you really find out what no time is because you can't sleep when the other, when the first one's sleeping because the odds are the second one isn't sleeping mm-hmm. um and lots of other things um so it, yeah it's um it, it's only i think later on where you just you know you realize that you have um you know you give you give over a, an awful lot of time um to business and and to the family and and that i think is i don't know if there's any answer to it um it, those um uh listeners among your audience who are just starting out on this journey um you know i would say just be careful because that it, because of the nature of business being all consuming um you, if you're anything like me, you will, you will, you will find that that business and family have basically taken up all your time, mm. and uh, and then as the kids get older, um, you know, kids get older and they leave home. Um, so, you know, getting finding finding time to nurture and, and 
um, develop friendships um, can just seem, especially when you're exhausted, uh, can seem like a, um, like a, a, a dispensable luxury. You know, you really, it's like, yeah, thanks. I just go to sleep, you, you know? And, and I remember, you know, resolving to go out once a week and go down the pub and, you know, meet, meet friends for a chat. And, and, and that's never lasted that long because um, I think simply because, because business and family are such powerful draws, you know, they have to be the priority. Um, and, uh, uh, and, you know, I just noticed that, you know, if you get down the pub, you, you feel tired the next day and you can't afford to have a tired day. Uh, you can't afford to, you know, it's an, certainly I've, I've never been very good at that saying, you know, what? I'm going to have a day off today because, um, I went down the pub last night. I'm getting, to be honest, I'm getting better at it now, but certainly in the past, um, I've tried to push through and, uh, and so it's so easy to say, do you know, what? I'm not going to go out because I'll be exhausted tomorrow and I've got work to do. Um, so, you know, there is, it's very important to try to get that balance. Um, but I'd be very interested to hear other people's experiences. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to this, listening to some more of this podcast because, um, you know, I'm sure I can't be alone in that respect. No, no, I think um, people, many people would experience some relief in hearing you say that because <laughs> it seems like, um, you know, you don't have to square the circle in that sense. Uh, you're, just, you're just kind of dealing with, dealing with reality. Yeah. The other thought that popped into my head, Rob, was that, you know, coming back to something you were saying earlier about like, you're, you're, you really have a mission with your business. And, you know, and I'm sure many entrepreneurs would identify with this, but it really shines out in how you talk about written communication and, and the nature of emphasis and the work you do. And I wonder when you have that sense of mission or, or purpose or align and, align and are so aligned with it that um, the personal freedom issue isn't such a big deal. I'm making a big assumption here because actually you're doing, you're doing what you love. Yeah. It doesn't feel like what you love. It might, it might be a much greater attention. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like work. Mm. Um, you know, if I, I've always said, if I won the lottery, I would do this. Hmm. You know, I really would. That's why I don't do the lottery. <laughs> uh, what's the point? Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm 55 now. I, I I can't see myself retiring anytime soon. Uh, I, I thought I would, you know, this is, I thought I would be here and either retired or looking forward to retirement. And I feel like I'm just getting started. You know, this is, I feel so energized by what I do um, that, um, you know, why, why would I retire? You know, I, it's um, yeah. I, and I, I certainly know, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure any entrepreneur will identify with this. Um, working on your own business is a fantastic cure for boredom um, because I'm never bored right. ever. Uh, and, and, and I, I've never, not, not since I left my uh, job, uh, my, you know, my last proper job, which was working for a, for a magazine. Um, you know, I left that and that was the, that was the last time I had that Sunday evening feeling, you know, where the weekend's over and it's ah. Oh, God, I've got to get to work tomorrow. I've never had that since, not in 21 years. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would do this, you know, and um, hopefully I'll stop when I when I start being an embarrassment to my staff and they have to humour me. <laughs> uh, maybe they do that now and they just don't tell me. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe somebody will, will write in when they hear the. Point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just just a final question, really, kind of to, to to wrap things up. Um, given what you've been sharing. How would you feel about your either of your children joining you in the business? Oh, what a great question! It's just it's a Colombo moment. It's just, just <laughs> one. It's just one thing. Um, how would I feel them, about them joining me in the business? Um, I don't think either of them would want to. Um, they've, you know, they're very much um, uh, cutting their own path, uh, and. Um, Whereas I can, I can definitely recognize myself in them. Um, they've got, they've got different interests. Um, and so my first feeling would be why, 
know, why, can't you, why not do what you really want to do? Because mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know how I feel about, about businesses like that. You know, that kind of, um, for want of a better word, nepotism. You, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I would, honestly, I would think about the effects on, on the rest of my staff. Um, but um, I think perhaps what's more likely, who knows, you know, my, my kids are still in full-time education, but um, perhaps what's more likely is that they will one day start their own businesses um, and uh, maybe I'll be able to help. Um, so that would be good. I think, I think, yeah, I, I would just be puzzled if they wanted to start, if they wanted to be in this business because I can't see that happening. Uh, I can see that, and, and it, but it also sounds like you wouldn't discourage them from being entrepreneurs. Quite. Oh, not at all. No, no, no. Quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, I, I would be. Well, I'm very proud of them now, uh, um, and I'm proud of them for, for what they do and the effort they make. Um, not that, not what they achieve, although you know they are achieving great things. Um, but I think if they decided they wanted to be entrepreneurs, I would be very proud of them um, for that too. And I would, I'd do everything I, I, I could to help them. Um, they may even take some of that advice. Who knows? And there speaks a loving entrepreneur dad. It's been talking to you, Rob. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me on. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Take care, Matt. And um, I completely forgot to ask Rob, uh, where can people find out more about him? Sorry about that, Rob. We're just hopping <laughs> on again just to get that recorded. No, not at all. Um, uh, they can find me in two places, either at uh, our main website, which is uh, it's the Emphasis website, which is www.writing-skills.com. That's obviously writing with a W. Uh, and then there's my personal blog, which I don't update that often, um, but it's uh, it's where I use, uh, it's, it's what I use for... Um, more opinion-based stuff, uh, and also um, updates on on the book research I'm doing. And that's just simply robashton.com, A-S-H-T-O-N. Brilliant. Thanks, Rob, and <laughs> sorry for missing that out. Crucial information. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs>